Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Careful making wishes in the dark, dark, can't be so Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. And we continue our Angels preview week with two beat writers. Uh, Rhett Bollinger returning from MLB.com. He's been on the podcast a handful of times, so I'm sure you guys are all familiar with him. But new to the podcast... Fabian Ardaya of The Athletic, also covering the Angels. How are you doing, both of you guys? Doing great. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. So we're here. Obviously, spring training is, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So tomorrow will be a week exactly to the start of the 2021 season. So, Fabian, I'm going to ask you first because this is the first time I've had you on. 2020 obviously didn't start the way a lot of the Angel fans wanted, but it ended really strong. What kind of things do you think? can translate from that 2020 season over to this season? Uh, I think something that uh, I think was a common thread, uh, especially in the first half of last year, was like doing the little things well. I mean, the Angels really didn't do those little things well uh, in that first month of 2020. I mean, they got off to a really slow start in a lot of really frustrating ways, whether it be, I think they led the league in blown saves last year. That's obviously something that's really frustrating, can make a big impact on the season. Uh, just a little sequencing stuff. I know uh, former B, uh, former GM Billy Epler, that, that's something he touched upon a lot. It's just a lot of different things and sequencing uh, that didn't go right for the Angels. And I know Joe Madden's touched upon it this spring is how much of a focus they've had on trying to correct those issues. And part of it's how they sort of tr- want to translate that information down from the new front office, Perry Manassian, down uh, to the clubhouse. And part of it's also just finding different people who can execute a little bit better. Cause like there were moments in the second half of last year where it really looked like this was yeah. the team that they expected to see over the course of the season. Maybe if they play a whole full 162, things will look a little bit different, but obviously the flaws of the angels sort of show themselves over the course of a abbreviated season more than usual. And that's sort of why things ended the way they did. So red coming out of 2020, the, Offseason, a lot of, I want to say a lot, but a couple big names that were out there, whether it be obviously uh, Trevor Bauer being the main guy pitching-wise, they end up got, getting additions in the in the pitching with Alex Cobb and uh, Quintana through, uh, as starters. Um, what did you think of those moves, bringing those guys in uh, for the rotation? Yeah, I know a lot of fans are disappointed not getting Alex Bauer. Uh, it was never that realistic with the kind of money he wanted. With this team being close, you know, to the um, luxury tax and all that, it just wasn't going to happen, especially because this team had a lot of needs. Um, you know, there are two guys that are familiar with Joe Madden, and truthfully, they both had, you never know, it's going to translate, but they both had great springs. I mean, Alex Cobbs was more tangible because he went to drive line, kind of fixed his mechanics. He's got the lower half a little bit better in sync. He's throwing harder. Uh, he's had a track record of success, um, you know, in the past, so it's something he could probably come back from. And then Don is going off a kind of a crazy year where he, cut his hand doing dishes and this most of the season. And, you know, so he's had a great spring too. I think he's given up one run all spring. That was today on a home run to Hunter Dozier. So you never really know how it's going to translate, but you still want to see those kind of guys do well because you never really know what you're expect. Um, and so far, so good. So we'll see, but it, it definitely a good side from both guys uh, this spring. So Fabian, obviously pitching has always been an issue. And you kind of mentioned it in your first answer with the um, blown saves uh, bringing in Riel Iglesias, another new name uh, for the Angels. How has he done this spring, and, and how is he going to fit in with this team? I think, with, especially with spring training, I think the results are the results. But at the end of the day, you want to see like how the stuff looks, how the stuff plays. And 
I mean, the stuff's there for Rice Ali Iglesias, it appears, uh, this spring. And and he's been as consistent of a reliever as you've probably seen in the game uh, the last decade or so. Uh, or last half decade, I mean, ever since the, he converted from the rotations to the bullpen. Uh, and he's someone who's gonna, who you'd expect to sort of lock it down. Like, this is the most the first time the Angels really had like a traditional closer type since Houston Street. And that's been a while since Houston Street was pretty healthy. Uh, so, I mean, that's probably part of why they brought him in. Uh, it was an opportunity to add uh, that isn't always out there. I know the, the Reds were really trying to shed payroll with that trade, and that's sort of how he became available because those types of guys aren't typically available on the open market that easily, especially not during the offseason, maybe maybe closer to the deadline if a team is out of it. Uh, but, yeah, that, I mean, that's why the Angels brought him in. It's just a matter of if the rest of the pieces are going to be good enough. It's if Mike Myers can be what he was last year. It's if Felix Payne can be what he was last year when he gets healthy again now. If Ty Butcher can be closer to what he was in 2018, 20, the beginning of 2019. Uh, I mean, these are a lot of question marks about this bullpen, and it's going to be made a lot easier on them if the rotation can be uh, closer to what the projections are uh, than in recent years. You mentioned uh, Felix Pena, obviously a guy that a lot of people expected to be in the in the bullpen this uh, season. Uh, got injured during spring training. Do you have any or have you heard anything from uh, whether it be Perry or, or Joe about where he's at and, and his expectation for making the opening day roster? It doesn't sound like he's going to be on the opening day roster. I know it'd be he's like his timeline is sort of hitting right against even if he hits like the aggressive side of that timeline, it'd be right around spring tra- uh, spring training ending. And even then, like you probably with a guy like that coming off a couple weeks without throwing, you probably would want to get him in some game action before you throw him back out there. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. He probably will start the season on the injured list, but it probably might be a first week or first couple weeks or so uh, before we see him. And even then it might take a little bit longer if they want to see him maybe in the game down at the old site or something like that, sort of like a rehab assignment. Rhett, you know, last season, the pitching blown saves starters, not really seem to be going deep with the additions they made this year, both in the bullpen and in the rotation, do you feel that this 2021 pitching staff as a whole is better than last year's? I do think so, yeah. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to healthy Shoei Otani, too, right? I mean, he's been pretty incredible this spring. And if he's, you know, a member of that six-man rotation um, and can stay in that rotation and be healthy, you know, he definitely pitches like an ace, you know. And Dylan Bundy has shown, you know, no signs of slowing down from last year either. Like I said, spring training numbers are what they are, but they've been great. And it's stuff like, you know, like, well, obviously the stuff, matters and that's the great same thing as like with Quintana and Cobb um so yeah I, I think it's a little deeper I think it's nice to see guys like you know Reed Detmers a little closer to the majors uh we could possibly see Jaime Berea in there a little bit later if they need more depth um we'll see about you know maybe Chris Rodriguez but Chris Rodriguez also might also be a you know a reliever now so um but a little bit more rotation depth I think in the past it's gonna be really important because as everyone's talking about you know it's a big jump in innings for everybody right I mean the entire league has to deal with all these guys jumping from such a short season uh, to a full, you know, 162. So they got to find innings. Um, I think the team has, you know, some veterans that have been able to do that in the past, um, but it's going to be on a lot of guys healthy and potentially get some contributions from some other guys uh, later in the season. And you mentioned Shohei Otani, and that's actually my next point was that his spring offensively and defensive or offensively and pitching have been uh, really, really good and got again, a lot of angel fans excited. Uh, Fabian, what have you seen the biggest difference between Otani um, you know, I can't really say at this point last year, because this point last year, we were everyone was shut down, but the beginning <laughs> of spring training last year to the beginning of spring training this year. I think he just looks healthier. I think that's the thing. Like, I know says he was healthy last year uh, coming into summer camp, uh, said that he wasn't really inhibited by anything, but obviously, I mean, that wasn't really the case. I think you saw after, I think he said after he went down and he got shut down for pitching, he said like, the forearm had been something that had been bothering a little bit as he was ramping up. And even everything even leading up to that was like so disjointed uh, with his rehab after Tommy John's surgery. I mean, the fact that he needed knee surgery that interrupted his uh, throwing program, the fact that the world shut down when he was supposed <laughs> to be ramping up to throw, uh, like it just never really lined up really well for him. And now he had like a whole winter. He revamped his body. He sort of, sort of felt, physically like he himself and was able to take advantage of that and take steps forward. And probably there might be different ways where he maybe feels better or feels different than he did coming into his first spring training with the angels of 2018. Cause even then he came in uh, with a grade one 
UCL. So he might be even in a better spot because he's maybe built up his lower half a little bit better. He's uh, more acquainted with the league. And I think that's why you're seeing, like, he hasn't really ever had like, a good offensive spring training before. And he's had a really good one now. And obviously he wasn't great pitching-wise in his first spring training. And now he looks a little bit more comfortable. Like, he just looks comfortable and he looks healthy and he looks confident. And part of that you can attribute to his off-season workouts. Part of it you can probably attribute to him just feeling healthy. Part of it you can probably attribute to the Angels sort of not having any limitations on him. But I think the combination of all those things, he just feels like he's in a better place now than he's been in in a couple of years. Red, I'm a- Obviously, with uh, Dylan Bundy getting the opening day start, you can pretty much pencil in Otani DHing somewhere in that lineup. Has there been any talk about when Otani is going to make his first start on the mound? Not yet. They're still trying to figure that out. They probably know. They haven't told us yet. It's more uh, probably the right response, but um, <laughs> we'll find out soon. You can kind of plot it out based on when he's going to be in the order because same thing, maybe by tomorrow um, on Thursday, we might find out more about uh, how it's going to go at Dodger Stadium too in terms of the freeway series and kind of figure out goes in order from there. We'll know because tomorrow's Bundy and then whoever goes after Bundy, you can know who the rest of the rotation is. But as of now, Madden hasn't told us anybody beyond Bundy. Um, but yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting to see when Otani's in there and how they're going to utilize him at DH leading up to that start. And whether or not right away, if he's going to be hitting, you know, in that start too, or if they're going to wait until later in the season or what they're going to do is, uh, you know, because it's pretty fun to see that, you know, in San Diego, uh, last week with him, you know, pitching against those guys, a great lineup, and also getting the hits off of, you know, former Cy Young Award winner and Blake Snell. So if he stays healthy, like I said, it's going to be a fun year to to watch him play. And, and kind of piggybacking off of that, and that made me think of something. Has Joe Madden said or hinted one way or the other where he that's a possibility during the season, or, I, or was this just a one-off kind of just for fun to see Otani pitch and hit in the same game, uh, Rhett? Yeah, it's supposed to happen during the season, too. So Joe said it'll happen. Uh, he said probably more likely maybe early while he's still fresh. We'll kind of see as it goes, you know, later into the season. And where he's at pitching-wise, and too, I guess, well, you know, they've, they've been saying no restrictions. So he could make in that rotation the whole year, uh, which would be great. But we'll see. It's a big jump in innings. He hasn't really thrown that many over the last, you know, two years. He's thrown, what, only two innings or so in terms of actual <laughs> professional innings. Um, so it's, it's going to be a big jump. So we'll see how long he can kind of go and how deep he can go into that season as a starter. But obviously they want him in the playoffs, so too, if they can get there as a rotation member. So um, it'll be definitely interesting to watch. But I think we'll see him in there in the lineup uh, occasionally, at least when he's when he's on the mound. So that's kind of the pitching aspect. And Otani, I guess, is a nice little segue because he does both. We can kind of start talking about the lineup. Uh, Joe Madden has came out today, I believe you guys both uh, tweeted out that he is thinking about putting Trout into the third uh, third spot in the, in the lineup where for the last couple of years that I can remember, he's been pretty solid in that number two spot. So, Fabian, what do you feel? How do you feel about Trout in the third, or do you think it's better to have him in that second spot? I, I'm typically of the camp that, like, lineup order and stuff like that is ultimately not – like, doesn't matter that much over the course of the season. But I, I, I know, obviously, like, the data is there that, like, you typically want your best hitter hitting second. And obviously, like, there's good data behind that suggesting uh, sort of opportunities. You're Obviously, you're getting more plate appearances by hitting early in the lineup. Uh, there's more opportunities to ha- have runners on base or runners on base with less than two outs uh, if you're having him bat second. Uh, the way Joe Madden sort of explained is, like, he's not worried about, like, the amount of plate appearances Mike Trout has or no one on two outs because like, he feels like that might be skewed by the first inning a little bit. Uh, although, like, first inning, it's probably one of his four play appearances per game. Uh, but – and he also pretty much said, like, he it believe, like he believes in that uh, David Fletcher and probably whoever hits second, whether it's, like, Shohei Otani or Jared Walsh, he, he believes, like, one of those two guys is going to get on base. That's going to set things up and really set things up for Mike Trout to be a run producer then have Anthony Rendon, obviously, behind him. And having that left-handed hitter probably in that second spot, maybe, like, with especially with the two uh, – with three – uh, batter minimum uh, is going to make it a little bit difficult uh, for opposing managers to try to use any specialty relievers uh, against that part of the lineup. Uh, same question to you, Rhett. How do you feel? Where do you think it's best to put Trout in this in this lineup coming up in the 21 season? Yeah, I'm with Bob, and I think that, you know, it always made sense to kind of hit him second because the numbers always say, you know, you get more at-bats that way and all that. But um, with this lineup, you know, if, if Walsh – it's going to be a key to see if Walsh can keep it up from last year and – and C2, and if he doesn't, maybe it's, like I said, it could be Shohei hitting second. 
uh, that'd be pretty fun to see. I'd definitely be in favor of that when he's in the lineup. Um, and we'll see too, you know, against lefties, if, if, if they decide to still hit Walsh or Otani there, they decide to maybe move Trout up a little bit. But the big thing, like Fabian said, is, the, is that three batter minimum too. If you have Walsh or Otani in there, there's no way they're going to bring in especially, you know, a lefty. Even with two outs, it'd be a risk. You could, but then, you know, you'd have to run that risk that, okay, now you got Trout and Rendon coming up right after it. So, um, and even at the top, you know, the bottom of the line, I think Fowler's going to hit ninth and he's a lefty. So they're going to break up the lineup a little bit. Make sure they have, you know, the righty-lefty combos so that teams can't use those specialty relievers to come in. And even the guys that are great right-handed relievers that come in for, you know, try to face Trout or Rendon right after that, they'd have to face potentially Otani or, or Wallace if he's playing there too. So, um, to me, it, it, it doesn't probably really matter too much in the long run. There will be days, I'm sure, we'll call it second. Um, but it, it makes some sense with this team. And so the risk is always that, yeah, the first inning, both guys get out and Trout's up with two outs and nobody on. But at the same time, that doesn't happen, you know, it'll happen, but it won't happen hopefully too often with two guys can get on base. Another guy that's going to be in this lineup, I, th- I think personally is going to be a big key and, and a factor in how well this lineup produces is Justin Upton. Um, him having a great spring, granted, like you mentioned earlier, spring is spring, but uh, in his recent past, he hasn't even had a healthy spring to really judge it off of, it seems like. But so, Red, how what's a realistic expectation you think of a guy like Justin Upton um, coming into the season? It's a good question. It's hard to really know exactly what to expect, but the good news is that we saw him kind of have that resurgence last year, second half of the season, or really that last month. It's a great last month, which is a good sign from him. As we know, he's dealt a lot of injuries over the last few years, you know, the turf toe and the knee injuries and all that. And so finally, now he had a full regular off season. Uh, he's been, you know, outside of, you know, Shohei, he's probably been their best, second best hitter in camp, you know, tied for the team lead for homers. Another day that was, you know, absolutely crushed. Uh, you know, over the Berman left field. So uh, he looks like his timing's on. We know, I think all fans know that he's a streaky hitter, but at the same time, it's good to see him all these good streaks now and show that he's so capable of these because honestly, two years ago and even the beginning of last year, you kind of wondered if he even, can he even get a hot streak anymore? And sure enough, he got in a great one to end the season and then, you know, one cent. So uh, another good sign. And we'll kind of see if that can roll into the season. Another guy in the outfield, I guess, kind of competing for that fourth outspot outfield spot um taylor ward fabian what do you hear what do you think is going to come down for that fourth outfield spot it seems like there's a lot of names uh to this point which and it's really close to the season who do you think has the uh that uh, is out in front of everybody else yeah it's really interesting because it seems like like a lot of them have had really good springs too right. which is like that's one of the few times like where like spring training stats really matters because like that's your only sample sometimes with some of these guys to sort of see how they look. But like, I mean, even a guy like Scott Shebler, who I think coming into the spring was sort of on the peripheral, like he's looked really good. <laughs> and he like, they've had, they've tried him in center. Like they've tried different stuff just to see how he looks out there. I mean, he's had a good spring. Uh, I know Juan Ligaris has looked amazing this spring and he's probably the front runner to make the roster at, at this point. Even though he's a non-roster invitee because just because he's looked really good offensively and you know, Defensively, he's really good at all three spots. Um, Taylor Ward has looked good this spring. He's made an impression, and he's someone who Joe Madden really likes. Uh, his swing looks really, really good. And the fact that he's versatile is going to help him a lot. He can play all three outfield spots. He can play first base. He can catch. And I know it's been a while since he's played third base, but like I'm sure if there's like a long-term injury there, they can probably throw him uh, at least some reps there. Um, so, I mean, that versatility is going to help him. Uh, in terms of staying around, but I think in terms of making the opening day roster, it might hurt him a little bit. Just the fact that he does have options remaining, uh, that makes it easier for them to sort of keep him in the organization without necessarily having him start the season with the big club. And that that will help uh, a guy like Juan Lagares. I know John Jay has he- sort of had like an up and down spring uh, so far, but he's someone who is another non-roster invitee, someone who Joe Madden's familiar with and someone he really likes. And he's someone that I know different younger guys in that outfield mix have really taken to in the clubhouse, whether it be like a Joe Waddell or something like that, like they really look up to him. So if they can keep him in the organization, uh, whether it be in the alternate site to start the season, or if he makes the opening day roster, that's someone that I know uh, Joe Madden really is a fan of. So Red, I guess the infield version of that is the utility infield. That seems like a competition that has been um, kind of heating up with, uh, Rojas putting on a really good hitting display this spring. And then obviously with Renjifo there from last year, 
Um, same question, but for that position, who do you think is ahead of the group and, and makes that opening day roster? That one's really tough. You know, I kind of assumed that when Beretta went down, it would be Evo being on the 40 man roster and also having a great spring. He's debuted kind of a new stance and um, in the batter's box and so far the results. Um, but the way that Joe kind of gushes about Rojas, it makes you think, um, especially because he's saying that, you know, as much as Rojas isn't a true utility guy because he can't really play short. You have David Fletcher on the roster. He could move over there at short when and Glantis isn't in the in the lineup. So they've got an awesome story, but it also keeps up there. Maybe they just go with Renifo now and then maybe add, um, you know, Ross to the roster later because they might not have enough spots. But the other thing is maybe they decide to kind of pull Switcheroo and they put Taylor Ward in the outfield because he's on the 40-man already. And they decide to, instead of giving that 40-man spot to Ligaris, they give it to Rojas. Would that surprise me? Yeah, I think so. But it, it's still in the realm of possibility, I think. Um, but I do think Ligaris like Fabian said, this is a favorite in the outfield. And I'd still probably put Renjifo slightly ahead of Rojas just because of the roster situation and stuff. But uh, it'll be fun to see. And I, I do think that at some point we're going to see Rojas. I mean, he's hit so well at every level and every spring training we've ever seen him. So uh, I know the fans love him, so they're clamoring for him. He's the next David <laughs> Fletcher out there. So, uh, so I'm hoping to see it. It'll, it'll be cool. Uh, and I am high school kid uh, up in the yeah, major with the Angels. Vocal. So, yeah, and then, you know, kind of now going into the guys that we already know aren't going to make the opening day uh, roster. And one in particular, um, Joe Adele. So Fabian, um, he got brought up last year. A lot of people, myself included, felt it was kind of rushed because of the injuries and stuff like that. How did you feel about his 2020 season? And how do you think he fits with the 2021 season? Do we see him at all? Do we not see him until late? Or he comes up fairly early? I think the Angels will say he was rushed up to the big leagues last year, too. I think... I think so many different circumstances of last year sort of led to that happening. I mean, the fact that there weren't any minor league games for him to get any reps at or any, it's hard to really get development at the alternate site. I think it sort of is different for different guys that like what they were able to take from that last year. I think maybe it's just part of it's also just like what guys had to work on. I think what Joe Adele could really use, uh, I think Joe Madden said it a lot of times, it's just a lot of reps, a lot of game reps, which are really hard to replicate out in the alternate site, uh, I, I think he came up way too early. And I, I think it was partially just because he had, he had like a half of a 2019 season too, just because of the injuries he had going into that year. Uh, so it, he hasn't really had a full season of baseball in three years. And that's really difficult. I think you sort of seen that take a toll on his defense. Also the fact that he's moved to a corner that he's never really played before. That's something you've seen that learning curve there. Like it's, it's growing pains for sure. Uh, he looks a little bit better in the box this year. Uh, he shortened some things up with his uh, swing and his stance, and his approach is a lot closer to where it typically has been when he's hit pretty well. Um, so I think there's been definitely some signs of improvement for him, but I think last year was really tough for him. It was really tough mentally for a lot of these guys in the minors, uh, just sort of dealing with that season being taken away from them and then having to, to learn how to develop on the alternate site. And then some guys – sort of coming up and seeing live pitching that they hadn't seen him really like real live pitching as other opponents in months. Uh, so it was difficult for him. I think this spring, this year, if he gets a chance, I know the angels alternate sites can be in Tempe. So they'll probably get a chance to actually get to see some live pitching even while down the alternate site, that's going to help. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year, he's the everyday right fielder, but it's going to take some time. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be expecting him to come up as soon as like the minor league season starts May 1st or anything like that. I think they're going to bring him up when it's time, like when they feel like they, he's ready to be their everyday right fielder. There's not, they're going to be real more hesitant. I think to call him up earlier than they think he's ready. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for, or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I'd like to welcome our newest sponsor, eBay Sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest releases, you can find the exact sneaker you are looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go if you want to cop that pair that you've been eyeing. And with eBay's guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they are sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for you sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites charging as much as 25%, you're going to have a ton of extra cash left for, guess what? More sneakers. 
Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Again, that's ebay.com slash sneakers today. Uh, Rhett, the MLB.com came out with their uh, farm system rankings, and the Angels were, if I remember correctly, in the late in the um, late 20s, like 26, I believe, or 27. But obviously, Joe is not in that prospect because of his time last year up in the big leagues. But you have guys like Brandon Marsh and, and guys that you mentioned already, like Reed Detmers, Chris Rodriguez. But how do you feel about this farm system as a whole and where it's at right now compared to, you know, even three years ago? Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, it's it's not the best, but they do have some intriguing guys. A lot of it, though, a lot of outfielders, you know, and obviously an infielder they like a lot in Jeremiah Jackson. They hope you can stay on the dirt. Um, but, you know, Jordan Adams and a lot of, you know, a lot of outfielders out there, guys they drafted last year too, uh, David Calabrese. I mean, some of these guys, that, you know, Trent Devo, some of these guys that are younger, some of the guys they got from the Bahamas even. So they've got a lot of outfielders. There's just some little guys. Kyron Paris is a guy they really like a lot at shortstop. Um, you know, pitching wise, they've got some intriguing armors, but just not the organizational depth you'd hope for, um, you know, from from a team like that, especially a team that's been desperate pitching. Um, so, yeah, it's probably right. You know, it's, it's not as good as it was in a sense because Adele was, you know, what, at one point I think he was a number four, number five overall prospect. And of course, that's going to move you up the system and uh, up ranking, sorry. And uh, Marshall is a, is a top 100 guy, but he's really the only top 100 guy right now, I think, listed on MLB.com. So, uh, they got to continue to build that. That's going to be a big thing under Perry now. I know, you know Billy did his best to try to stock that farm system up because when he got it, it was, you know, it was really, oh, wow, Luis Renifo was options. So that opened some things up potentially for, uh, yeah, just got that too. For, that'll be interesting for Jose Roja. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting. So, yeah. Wow. I should, I should have had like a breaking news sounder just in case something like yeah, that right? happened. But, now I, now I can plan for a future uh, podcast. But, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Renhifo optioned uh, by the Angels today. So do you think then that opens the door for Jose uh, Rojas to be that utility guy come opening day, uh, Fabian? Oh, it definitely does. I, I think it really does because he was the main uh, competition for that. Uh, Jack Mayfield was another person who was in that mix. He was also optioned uh, just now. So – I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a big sign for him. They're going to have to obviously clear up a 40-man spot for him, but like that's that's huge news. I think uh, Joe Maddow was sort of hinting at that a little bit earlier today when he was talking about how viable Rojas really was for the big league roster to start the season. Yeah, that's that's awesome that he's going to, like like Red said, a, a local Anaheim kid possibly playing in Anaheim on opening day or at least uh, suiting up uh, on the first so obviously we talked a little bit about the Angels and how they could be better this year than they were last year. If everything goes right, and obviously injuries can be a big part of this, but I'll go to you first, Rhett. The ceiling on this team, where do you think the ceiling is as far as like a win total? Are, are they mid-90s, low-90s, if everything kind of goes realistically right? I think ceiling's probably somewhere in the 90s, yeah. I think more realistically, maybe like you know high 80s. Um, I think they'll be in the mix. You know, it's going to be interesting division. You know, the Astros lost a lot of guys, and so did the A's. Um, so yeah, it'll be you know a, a, definitely a battle. And um, I think they've got the offense to, to compete. And the key is going, like I said earlier, it's going to be if you know Cobb and Quintana, new additions really can kind of step it up. And you know, Bundy can repeat it, and Heaney can get a little bit more consistent, and for Otani to do his thing. So. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely pieces, a lot more optimism. And I think a lot of that optimism, though, is definitely buoyed by Otani. I mean, Otani really was the talk of the spring, maybe even just in baseball, just to see, you know, nobody else like him who can do that. Nobody else throwing 102 miles per hour and hitting fast, or sorry, hitting home runs 468 <laughs> feet. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where the stuff he can do, nobody else can. And to finally see it again, like I said earlier, he's, you know, went through all these injuries. And so for him to finally, you know, be back to his old self and really, except really even healthier than he was the first time he was here because he had a torn UCL. So um, that's the big key, I think, for them in terms of win totals is if they get healthy Otani all year, I think he can be a guy that really makes a difference and, and leads them to postseason contention. And same question to you, Fabian. Where, where do you see the ceiling for this team um, if everything goes, you know, relatively right? I mean, the big thing I think we touched on before is Shohei Otani. Like, he... Mike Trout obviously is the most important player to the Angels, but the most important player, like player who can swing things for the Angels, is going to be Shohei Otani. Like if he can be this version of himself over the course of a full season as both a hitter and a pitcher, like that, that 
instantly raises the ceiling of what they can do. Um, I think if, I mean, if Shohei is this over the course of a full season, I think they can be in the mix for the AL West just because Houston took a step back. Oakland took a step back. I think Seattle's still a year away and then uh, the Rangers are probably uh, on the, at the bottom of that division right now. But uh, I sort of have them pegged to like 83, 84 wins right now. And that's sort of like just trying to be in the middle of like where they could potentially be. I think their floor is higher this year than it has been in recent years just because of some of the depth pieces they've added. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be somewhere in that, like maybe like 76 to 90 win range, anywhere in there would make sense for me. So let me ask you this. The other beat writers I've had on to preview the other teams in the division, I asked them all the same question. It's hard to, to um, predict what your individual team is going to do because of injury and just circumstances that there's no way to predict. But I'm interested to see your guys' opinions on whoever does win the AL West, what is the win total of that team? And I'll ask Rhett first. I think probably somewhere in the low 90s. Um, the Astros don't really have the pitching depth, especially with Valdez getting hurt the way that he did. And we have Verlander out um, and losing Springer on the offensive side. And earlier I said the A's, you know, losing Hendricks and, and Simeon and all those guys. So I don't think they have an, a, a real elite team. And maybe the Astros with their offense with Alvarez and all those guys getting back, you know, maybe they, they do still have enough to be, uh, you know, one of the elite teams. But to me, I don't really see it to that extent. So I think it's more like if you can get into the low 90s, you have a chance uh, to win the division. What about you, Fabian? Where do you think the division winner win total will be this year? Yeah, I think somewhere around like 92, 93 wins uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, just because like this is, there's a lot of parity in this division. It seems like it seems like the, these teams, like whatever one team has, the other one has something to counter it in a sense where like they, it seems like there'll be a lot of close uh, division battles, uh, and I mean they're they're all playing against the NL West this year, which is certainly going to hurt like hurt in some <laughs> cases because you're at to play the Dodgers and the Padres. That's going to help in some cases because you can beat up on the Rockies. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and, and it's it's going to be cool too to them to get out of the West and play some other teams, unlike last year where obviously everything was regionalized and and they kind of just stayed within that little bubble. So a couple under overs, I want to kind of get you guys' opinion, and we talked about him a lot, uh, Shohei Otani. So I'll go with Fabian first. Shohei Otani, do he does he get over or under eleven point five starts this year? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I'm just betting on the side of health, which hasn't, which typically isn't <laughs> smart, and typically hasn't like the track record hasn't fit. But I'll go with the over there. Uh, I think if he can get somewhere, if he can get anywhere around like 120 innings, that's a massive game changer for this Angels rotation. And same question to you, Brett. Do you agree he goes over, or do you think under eleven point five? I think over. I think he'll stay in the rotation for for quite a bit and be healthy and potentially make you know he said he wants to make thirty starts. So I don't know if he's going to do that with the way the six band rotation works and he'll probably get some breaks. But I mean, I, I can see him making a decent amount. So now let's switch to his offensive side. Under over twenty four point five home runs for Otani this year. I'll go uh, Rhett first. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a really good number right there. Oh, man, that's that's a lot. Um, Shoot, I, you know, same thing. I just, I just like show. I think he's a pretty amazing. So I'll go with the over on that, and maybe he goes right at 25, 26. I don't know if he gets much more than that because he's not going to get as many at bats. He'll probably get same thing in the past when he's been healthy. He's like 100, 110 games, maybe at DH. So uh, it'd be hard to get too many more home runs than that. But uh, I think his career is what 22 or something. So, so we'll see. And what about you, Fabian? Under or over that 24.5 number? I'll go a slight under just because I have like if he's like at about. 400 plate appearances, which is pretty much what he was in 2018. Like he, I think he hit like that 23 home run mark that year. I think hit like I think that's about the pace that I expect for him for his power production in a good year. Uh, so I would say it's just barely under. Okay, I'm gonna start saving these, and then when the season's over, uh, we'll delete the wrong ones, and I'll just post up all the right ones on Twitter and stuff like that. And so make you guys look like uh, geniuses. Um, the next one, Dylan Bundy again. The opening day starter under over sixteen point five wins this year. Uh, Fabian, I'll go ask you first. Um, he's the type of starter. Like normally, I wouldn't worry about like win totals that much for starting pitchers, but like he's the type of starter that goes deep enough mm-hmm. now uh, to still sort of get those type of decisions. Uh, I'll go under. I think like fifteen wins would be a really good year for him. So I'll, I'll go slightly under. And what about you, Rhett? Yeah, I'll go slightly under too, just because San Diego was in a five man rotation and had. A chance yeah. to make 33, 34 starts. Maybe I'd say, hey, he's he's got a shot because of what he did last year. But with 
not as many opportunities, I'd say same thing. I'd say maybe 15 wins would be a nice, a nice mark for him. And then moving on, obviously we've gone this whole uh, podcast. We're about 30 minutes in without even really talking about Mike Trout. Um, his home run total this year, under over, uh, I'll go 42 and a half, Rhett. Uh, I'll, well, the new ball, it's going to be the beginning, right? We don't know yeah. if the ball is going to be suppressed or not. So I guess I'll go under, say it's right around 40 home runs. I know we obviously did a lot more than that a couple of years ago when the, the balls were extra juicy. Um, so, yeah, I think that he'll be right around 40, though. So I'll say slightly under. And what about you, Fabian? I'll go over. I, I know, like, one of the things I think we've noticed about my track the last couple of years is he's gotten more efficient in terms of like when he does get his bat on the ball, it's going to be crushed more often than not. I think that's like, and he hits the types of home runs that like, that aren't going to be influenced by the ball uh, as much. That's I true. Think, <laughs> that's true. I, he, I think he would have gotten to 50 home runs in that 2019 season if he hadn't gotten hurt. And I think he has a 50 home run season. In him. So I think this is the year. Nice. 50 home runs for Trout would be awesome to see. Um, another guy that, this could very easily be his last year, not only with the Angels, but in baseball um, altogether, Albert Pujols. Um, splitting time with what is going to – assuming it's going to be Jared Walsh, so his at-bats probably aren't going to be that high. Um, his home run total, do you think it's going to be – and I'll ask Fabian first uh, – 23.5. I'm going to go under. I, I just don't think he gets enough plate appearances. I, I think he'll find a way maybe into more plate appearances than we're thinking now uh, just because – Injuries, stuff happens, guys don't perform, and you want to keep guys fresh, so they'll throw them in there maybe a little bit more than we were expecting. Uh, but I just I don't see him producing consistently enough to get that sort of total in a limited number of bats. And same question to you, Rhett. Where do you see uh, I, Albert? I tend to agree with Bobby there. Probably the slightly under just because I don't see him get enough playing time um, unless you know Walsh really doesn't kind of kind of return to earth after his uh, breakout year last year. Um, cause if not, you know, I don't really see, uh, too many spots for Albert. I mean, especially with Shohei DHing a lot and being this year. Um, I feel, I still think he has obviously the power. We've seen it in the spring. He's had a great spring. Uh, I just don't think he's going to give enough opportunity, uh, to really add to his. So even last year under Joe, he didn't really, at the end of the year, he really wasn't playing very much. So we'll kind of see what goes over the course of 162, but I say slightly under that total. And then now for our, uh, fan favorite, David Fletcher, um, Rhett, is he under over 300 this year? He's over. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty confident he'll be over. With his bat-to-ball skills and his contact ability, he's only getting better. And, his, you know, he's the best in the game, really, I think, in terms of contact and all that stuff, in terms of the rates and everything else and swing and strikes and all that stuff. So, no, he's got the profile to hit 300, uh, absolutely. And then, Fabian, 300, under, over? Uh, I think I'm, I'm going to go barely over. I think it's tough to, like, hit, predict anyone – hitting over 300 at this point. And especially because, like, a lot of it is relying on bad bit, bad ball luck type of stuff. Uh, and, like, it's sort of, like, the question with him is, like, all right, these sort of balls, like, he keeps dunking in the right field. Like, is this a <laughs> skill? Is this bad ball luck? What is it? Uh, and I, I'll believe it's a skill until I'm shown, like, until I'm proven otherwise. He's done this for parts of three seasons already. So I'll, I'll go with over. And last under over, um, and we mentioned the, the blown saves issue last year and bringing in Rosella Iglesias, 32.5 saves for him. Well, I'll go Fabian first. Uh, I'll say over. I'll say over on that uh, just because I think this is going to be a good enough team. I think he's – I mean, Iglesias has been pretty healthy throughout his career. It seems like uh, Joe Madden's going to be pretty uh, consistent with how he plans on using him. So I think 32.5 uh, is a good total hit over on that. And what about you, Rhett? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with the over. Like, like Bob Taylor, he really is one of the more underrated closers over the last five years or so. Um, I don't, you know, Angels fans probably don't know too much about him because he was in the NL Central with the Reds. Um, but the numbers are legit. And I think so far we've seen good stuff this spring. Um, and like Fabian said, we'll see him in all those, you know, ninth inning roles under Madden. So uh, as long as this team is competing, he's going to be in there. And I think there's enough in there for, uh, you know, more saves than that for sure. So one question we got from uh, our online is, what is the best part of being a beat writer? And we'll ask you first, Rhett. Going on podcasts like this with you, man, of course. <laughs> All right, you don't have to kiss my ass, but hey, thank you. I'll take it, though. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, a, you know, just the fact that we're paid to, you know, not the only thing we do, but to, to you know, to be around baseball, right? And to, I think that, you know, all, pretty much all beat writers love the game, you know, grew up loving it. And so it's fun to be a part of it and to, you know, document it and, you know, one of the fun things, obviously, is, you know, being in the clubhouse and, and cultivating access in there and, 
getting to know people even in the front office in person, but COVID's changed some of that. But yeah. I'm thinking that later in this year, I think hopefully things will be a little bit better and we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I think in the travel is obviously a big perk and it's cool to go to different ballparks and, and see different places and um, meet all the people. I mean, truthfully, you get to meet so many people in baseball around the game. And uh, I think that's my favorite part, just the people you get to meet and interact with, uh, you know, over the years for sure. And what about you, Fabian? Yeah, I know we all gripe and complain about the length of games or going to games <laughs> and all that. Like, but like, it's baseball. Like, you're gonna watch right. baseball, okay. and it's, it, I like you still love the game. I think I still really enjoy watching baseball. Although, I mean, I I don't watch maybe as much of like uh, other teams as I used to, uh, just because I would just always have a game on in college and stuff like that. But now, obviously, don't really do that as much anymore. <laughs> but like, uh, I mean, I I like telling stories. I like being. I like people interest me. People I'm curious about people. And I think there are a lot of really distinct personalities, different types of people who play baseball. And it sort of gives me a window to sort of talk to people and get to know people. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to meet, you know, I've, I've met, you know, I've become friends with Rhett through this whole process and, and Fabian, I've, I've actually met you once at a yeah. JC um, uh, rehab start out in uh, Rancho one, one night a couple of years ago. So it's really cool to see the process and all that stuff. So I didn't I wasn't planning on asking this question today, but then I saw um, the Angels came out today with the walk-up songs for all the players, or not all the players, but I think the majority of the players coming into the season. So I'll ask Fabian first, if you had walk-up music, what would it be? Uh, I'm going to sort of like subject myself to Jeff Fletcher jokes as it is. So <laughs> probably, I, I think uh, uh, 25-8 by Bad Bunny is a good song. And I think I, I know Carlos Correa used it last year during the postseason. I thought it, it hits – like pretty well. So I'll go with that one or that or Yole Diego. <laughs> All right. Uh, I knew the bad bunny one. I, I definitely knew that one. Um, the first one, uh, uh, Rhett, what about you? What, what, uh, walk up song would you have? Well, I knew that Fabian was going to pick, you know, bad bunny, his, his favorites. And I did that one. I'm not quite hip enough. I mean, I like bad bunny and you know, I've seen him do some of this stuff. Now the WWE champion or whatever it was either way. So my answer would be, uh, I always like Mark Morrison return of the Mac. It's always a cool way to kind of come into the game, you know, and uh, it's just, I don't know. I always like the song and just kind of that cool, like intro to it. And you kind of come to the plate feeling good and get some far home runs. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, Fabian, obviously you're with The Athletic. Um, tell people where they can get you on Twitter and how they subscribe to The Athletic. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Fabian Ardaya. And then, uh, yeah, we have a subscribe to The Athletic. I think we have a deal right now. It's like $1 per month for the first six months right now. So, yeah, be interested uh, to subscribe. And then, Red, if they, ha or if they haven't followed you already, where, where can they follow you and get your work at? Yeah, at Red Bollinger um, on Twitter. And then same thing, MLB.com. Uh, and then, obviously, AngelsBaseball.com uh, or Angels.com. Um, all on the Angels website. You see all my stuff. And uh, MLB.com will have a lot of stuff on there, too, just on the homepage. And I think starting to work down personalization and stuff, too, with some of the people that if you log in and have an account through MLB.com, it'll kind of be more personalized into what you like and what kind of players you like or what teams you can – because I think that's going to come pretty soon here. So, yeah, MLB.com, check out my stuff, angels.com, and on Twitter, pretty active, uh, at Rep Bollinger, and feel free to tweet at me and ask questions. Don't bother me too much. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, it's like, <laughs> you probably get, probably get a lot of those uh, questions of uh, what are they doing and why can't this trade happen? I'm sure you get that. Both of you guys get that a ton. Um, thank you guys again. Uh, it was great to see a Trojan and a Sun Devil get along for at least, you know, an hour. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I'm sure Red probably came into the press box with his chest out a little bit more after the, uh, what was it, Monday night or Tuesday night win? Yeah, oh yeah, I definitely did. I've worn a couple of USC shirts in the college, college shirts in the press box this, uh, this spring. A couple of big wins, and we'll see what they do uh, as a Pac-12 team in Oregon uh, this weekend. Awesome, guys. Thank you very much. I know you guys are heading back to, uh, obviously, Anaheim soon, so safe travels, and we're really looking forward to looking up, uh, reading both your guys' work as the season goes on with the 2021 season. Thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, cool. Let's have us on. Yeah, it was much fun always. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And just around the corner, we have MLB baseball. Bet online covers everything from award shows, TV shows, and even reality TV. Real-time updates, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. This is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And I want to thank Rhett Bollinger and Fabian Ardaya for jumping on uh, the podcast today and continuing the Angels preview week. Um, again, Fabian of The Athletic and then Rhett of MLB.com. Definitely check out both their work. Great guys, uh, great reads. Uh, Looking forward to having them back on, hopefully maybe at the halfway point and we can kind of review about what's going on and then talk more about trade deadline if they make a move and this and that. Um, but opening day is right around the corner and I'm looking forward to it so much. Um, so we will be back next week, early next week, uh, I believe Monday and then Thursday on opening day we will be live again from Halo Haven at 6, at six o'clock up till game time. Um, Taking, you know, giving our predictions about what we think the Angels are going to do this year, maybe reacting to some of the predictions that we heard today on this one from Fabian and and Rhett. But uh, we're a week away. So by the time you're hearing this, we are, we are going to be a week away or less. So um, really looking forward to it. I got really high expectations for this team. I think they've looked great in spring. I think a lot of the key guys have had great springs. Um, but kind of like we mentioned in the interview, springs numbers are spring numbers. But this year, it kind of feels a little different. This year, it kind of feels a little more special. So, um, like I mentioned, really, really looking forward to the start of the season on April 1st. So, definitely check us out at our Instagram and our Twitter, Halo underscore Haven, our YouTube page, or the All Angels Podcast YouTube page. Those are the, um, the YouTube page and the Twitter account is where you can get the live uh, recording of the podcast when we are live. Um, so, definitely check it out. Uh, you know, follow us, please uh, subscribe, rate, review, um, working hard for this season. And once the season starts, we will be going again twice a week, um, reviewing the past games and then kind of also talking a little bit about the games moving forward. And we're going to try to do those once the series ends. So if a series ends on like a Wednesday night, there's a good chance we'll have a podcast out by Thursday morning. If the pot, if, you know, obviously Sunday night, are kind of the getaway day so there's a very good chance you'll have a podcast sunday night or, or monday morning so that's the kind of way we're going to structure the podcast for this year is once a series changes over we're going to try to throw a podcast and review the past uh uh games they played and talk about the ones coming up so again i really i really really enjoy talking to gooby i really really enjoy talking to fabian and red bollinger and um thank you for all you guys listening out there uh ones that jump on when we are live really, really appreciate it. Um, uh, but please give a rate review on our, uh, Apple podcast. That's the way to help this spread and share it. Uh, tell a friend, tell a buddy, tell a neighbor, uh, baseball season is going to be back. And by the time you hear this podcast, we will be a week or less away from opening day, um, in Anaheim with Dylan Bundy taking the mound. So, I am looking forward to that. So until next week, I am Daniel Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast.